What is up, Ridge Runner Nation? Welcome back to another episode of Ridge Runners Live. This one is number 84. We had it with uh, Sawyer Magnet and George Tolton to discuss their wins at the uh, Holiday Lake 50K in Appomattox, Virginia. This is a really great kind of early season race, and it was super exciting getting to talk to Sawyer uh, and George about you know what they've accomplished so far um, and everything that they're going to be getting into uh, later on in this year. Uh, so we're really excited to share this one with you guys on the podcast platforms. Hope you will tune in later to uh, one of the live shows and yeah, let us know what you're thinking. Um, obviously rate, like, subscribe, do, do all the fun things uh, people do on social media. We'll see y'all on the next episode. Okay. Love you. Bye. What is up, Ridge Runner Nation? Welcome back to another episode of Ridge Runners Live. Uh, tonight is going to be Ridge Runners Live number 84. We are joined by Sawyer Magnet and George Tolton, uh, the two winners of the Holiday Lake 50K that took place uh, last weekend in Appomattox, Virginia. We are super, super excited to have them on. Uh, if I remember correctly, Sawyer set a course record at that event as well. Um, so we're Really stoked to hear all about how the day went down there, and you know, learn a little bit more about this uh, this race. You know, it's one that's, you know, it's uh, a race that's like on the radar and then not super on the radar as well for uh, a lot of Eastern folks. At least you know, living in Ohio, it's not one that we heard about. It was more like Promised Land, Hellgate, uh, as far as Virginia races go. But uh, anyways, uh, my name's Cam Wrench. I'll be hosting the show tonight with uh, John Dolovacki. John, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I just had a nice group run up here in Kent, and uh, I'm ready to get into the show tonight. Uh, anyone who's watching, you know, drop your questions in the chat this evening so we can get those to George and Sawyer on the show live here. Um, and let's start with our favorite part of the show. Sawyer, what are you drinking over there? Uh, just green tea. Green tea. Nothing special tonight. Nothing too exciting. Nothing too exciting. Green <laughs> I mean, tea sounds pretty caffeinated. delicious. Yeah. yeah. It's like 8 oh, yeah, p.m. That's true. You know, that's... <laughs> oh, yeah, it's risky. Yeah. Moving life on the edge. <laughs> Good luck sleeping tonight. Uh, George, how about you? Oh, let's see. I got a three-notched uh, King of Clouds Juicy IPA. Juicy IPA. Hoping for that summer weather to come back. That's what it sounds like. Yeah, it felt good yesterday and cold and rainy today. Yeah, it's kind of dipping back down. Temperatures up here, too. Cam, what are you drinking over there? Yeah, so I have a Lewis and Clark Brewing uh, Huckleberry Heffenweizen. I'm going to... I hope nobody's mad at me for that, but yeah, um, it's excellent beer. I really love this one. What about you, John? I have a um, local beer here from Kent, Ohio, called from Northwater Brewing Company. Uh, it's called the Scooter, and it is an Imperial Stout. Um, it's pretty good. You know, it got cold again, so I was like, you know, I should go back to the Stouts, I guess, for a couple more days. But hoping for that spring weather here soon. <laughs> a little tired of the snow, in my opinion. But excited to get going with tonight's show. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll go ahead and um, you both are first time guests on our show. Um, I don't think a lot of our audience is going to know, you know, a ton about either of y'all. So if you would like to just intro by telling us a little bit about yourself, how you found running, uh, how you found ultra running, you know, um, and Sawyer, if you want to lead this one off. Yeah. So growing up, I always did a lot of sports, but I always loved running, but I never really was able to do that much running. And then coming to Liberty last year, I just kind of, my mom just found Dr. Horton's ultra running class. And I just kind of decided that I would just try it out. And that's just kind of how I got into running, like doing ultras at least. Like I always loved running, but 
that's what made me get into ultra running to begin with. And I did promised land and then just loved it ever since then. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. And what about you, George? Um, I guess I started running sometime back in high school. Um, so ran cross country track last year's high school and really enjoyed it. So, um, I went to Virginia tech for college, ran briefly on the team there and then found myself on the club team. Um, mostly focusing on like road stuff. And then I think my senior year or the year after that, I did a trail race and really enjoyed it and still didn't really do much trail stuff. Um, and then a few years later, my buddy, Mike Jones, convinced me to uh, come and crew him for a 100-mile ultra, the eastern states. And I, like, helped him out in that and paced him a little bit. And that was kind of, like, my first, like, introduction into ultra running. Um, so it was really cool to be a part of that. And then um, I signed up for my first one in 2017 and have kind of dabbled in them here and there since then. Yeah, you got to love those friends who introduce you to ultra running. They're uh... – there are a type of people that just, you know, suck you in. Uh, we all got that here. Um, what was uh, what was your first race then? The first trail, like first ultra trail? Um, I guess it was Eastern Divide 50K. I believe it was in 2017, but I actually, I disappeared from the results somehow. I, uh, I don't have a DNF or anything on the results page, but I got to like about mile 25, I started throwing up on myself, got really delirious. And there's like this, it's at, um, mountain Lake, um, in Giles County, Virginia. And you have to go one way around the lake. And somehow I got off course and went the opposite way and ended up at the finish line on the opposite side. And, um, just kind of stopped there. I did, I did the distance, but <laughs> that was my first race. Sounds like exciting one for you. Uh, so yeah. how, about, how about you? What was your, so you said you got, got in with like Horton's class. Did, did you guys mm -hmm. jump on trail right away? Did you do trail before that? Or was um was it mostly road running, similar to George's story? Um, I actually did a lot of trail running back home in Arizona, but I never did like ultra running. Like I would always run like the most I'd ran before was like 15 miles on the trail. And I used to think that was a lot. So in Horton's class, I was like, how are we gonna run 34 miles? This is crazy. Um, so my first race was Promised Land last year. So that was my first trail ultra run but before i did trails but never that far yeah yeah and for those of us who are um unfamiliar uh dr dave horton um you know just like probably on the mount rushmore if that is a thing for ultra running uh is a professor at liberty university he teaches a a trail running class which is always I've had trouble imagining it. Uh, Sawyer, so could you actually like tell us a little bit more about this? Is this, you know, are you in the classroom? Are you learning about like biology and like chemistry? Is Horton giving lectures about ATP? Or are you guys actually out running on trails? Um, so every day we would start in his classroom. We'd all kind of like sit around him and he would just start the class out by just telling us like crazy stories, things, some things that you were surprised he would say, like, things you would do, do on a trail, like when to go to the bathroom, just weird things or just weird, you know, he has a lot of weird stories. So he would start out by giving us like 20 minutes of the lowdown on like stories he had, advice about nutrition, 
um, just what to expect, but we weren't really going into like biology or anything like that. And then he would hop on his bike and we just like kind of run around the um, campus. Sometimes we'd go on the trails. He'd have us go through buildings and like people give us weird looks, but it was all just part of it. It was a, it was a really good community. I really enjoyed it last year. Yeah. Yeah, that's really great. And, you know, you you mentioned going into it with, um, you know, like you'd run 15 miles on trails before and you're like, well, how are we all going to run 34 yeah. miles at the end of this? There's, if mm-hmm. I am remembering correctly, things have been told to me, you know, that class that ends in Promise Line, it's also like a very low DNF rate, right? Like almost all yeah. of the kids in the class end up finishing it. Yeah, yeah. He said he only, he didn't have anyone that had never done it. I was like, okay, guess we can all do this then. <laughs> yeah that is uh that is really great we'll have to you know see what other colleges we can get that uh going at poor yeah. uh, about the budget cuts at OU you know that oh. we all, well me and John yeah. heard about um but yeah so let's go ahead and um start to dive into you know holiday lake 50k then you know and let's start with just you know why did you run this race why did you pick this one where does it kind of fit into you know, your larger goals and what you got going on. Um, and George, if you want to take this one first. Okay. Uh, so I guess holiday Lake, um, is a good like winter race. I've, um, I did it once in 2018 or 2019, um, and really enjoyed doing it. And then I did the 25 K last year. Um, after I did the 20, the 25 K last year, the race was in pretty gnarly conditions. Like it was like freezing rain. Um, a few people were like borderline, like hypothermic. And, um, I did the 25 K last year and afterwards I remember like waiting and then watching all the 50 K guys come in girls come in. And I was just like, I kind of felt like I should have done it, (laughs) you know? So I was like, kind of had on my radar after that last year. Um, but it's a good one. And it's a, it's a very roundable course too. Unlike some of the other ultras, I feel like, you know, there's a lot more hiking and really steep stuff. So it was a good one to put early on in the calendar this year. Mm-hmm. And what about you, Sawyer? Is there a, another semester? Or are you in like trail running 202 <laughs> this year and the ends of this run? No, I'm not. And honestly, I didn't sign up for this until like mid to late January. Um, a lot of my friends were doing it, but like George said, it's like known for having like crazy weather and all my friends, a few of my friends did it last year and they just said like, it was crazy to get to, it was snowing. So I was kind of like, do I really want to do this? And, but then all of a sudden in January, I was feeling good. And like a lot of my friends from the class were doing it. So I just decided why not do it, see what I can do. Also, like he said, it's pretty flat course. So I didn't know what to expect. I just wanted to see if I could how fast my body could go. And so I was just like, sure, I'll just sign up for it. Why not go into it with an open mind? And it went well. So, yeah, but I wasn't planning on doing it because I'm really trying to like focus on promised land, but it was a good run. Awesome. Yeah. And so I think that gives us uh, a good segue into our next question there, which is, you know, how does this kind of fit into the year for, you know, you know, George, you mentioned it too. This is like a good, a good winter race. It gets you out there. It gets you tuned up. Um, you know, what other goals do you have going into this year and how did training for this race and running this race sort of fit into that larger plan? Um, I'm sorry, George, oh, yeah. you know, if you want to take this one. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, so actually, last Sunday I signed up for Promised Land um, 50K. So I'm going to try to do that one. I did it last year and um, had some troubles during the race. So I'm kind of trying to redeem myself this year. So that's kind of my goal race um, this spring. And then I'm doing a series of these. Uh, it's called the Arnut series. It's like Roanoke non-ultra trail series. So I'm doing a bunch of those this spring as well. Um, a lot, a lot of shorter distance trail stuff. Um, I've done a couple so far and it's been a lot of fun. So, and then later on in the year, we'll see. <laughs> All right. Awesome. And yeah, I, I also had my fair share of trouble at a uh, promised land last year, but it was not running. It was related to my, uh, my Subaru's transmission. <laughs> oh, no. blocked the trail. Yeah, if you remember the car that was broken down on the Forest Service, I think before the Sunshine Aid Station, that was mine. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah, it was really nice uh, having everybody in the race kind of have to, like, go around it. Um, I just, I kind of, you know, I feel like I was a part of the events that year. But I'm, I'm going to move on from that because um, I also do feel the need to go back and redeem myself there. Um, but, yeah, so you're you're also signed up for Promised Land. You know, did you... Did you go into this looking to just get like a good long run or a tune up? Or were you really like, well, let's open it up. Let's see, you know, like just what I have in the tank. And, you know, then it's going to give me more confidence for promised land. What was that like? Yeah, that was kind of my thoughts because that was only my third ultra. So it was kind of just more of like getting experience, getting used to the racing, getting used to the feeling before the race and just learning more about what to expect when I'm racing as far as like nutrition and how my body feels. And I think it was a good tune up for sure, even though it's like a few months out. So yeah, just more of like a learning experience too. Yeah. Do you have um, anything else planned for the year after promised land or is that kind of like the sole focus for now? Uh, yeah, for now promised land. And then I don't really have anything for the summer. I might do like iron mountain when I get back to Lynchburg so we'll see what the plan is. Awesome. We've got some uh, chat comments real quick. Uh, it says Tara Trex, uh, Tara Dower says she was out there. Says Fran Holiday said saw Sawyer. She said, look quick. Uh, congratulations, y'all, for winning. Craig Diatley, uh, congrats on your 50K this weekend at Cabin Fever. And he said, uh, interesting getting the scoop on Horton's class because uh, that's actually <laughs> very interesting because I've not actually been able to talk to long form with anyone who's been in that class to see what it was oh, like. Yeah. So. That's pretty exciting there. Um, so let's let's dive into the race. Um, I think you both kind of mentioned like it really wasn't like a, I don't think either doesn't sound like you went out to win necessarily or set course records off the bat, but you kind of wanted to push yourselves and, and see where you got for the winter time. How did the race mm -hmm. go from, you know, the from the starting line, you know, through the first half, maybe um, kind of what some stuff were you challenging or what what areas were challenging and what was uh, exciting and fun and whatnot. And uh, saw your phone go first. Um, yeah, so going out, um, I didn't want to go too fast, but I kind of got sucked in with the front group in a way, like a few guys were ahead of me and there's this one guy that I was pacing off for a little bit and it honestly felt like a really comfortable pace. But then about like the fifth mile in, I looked down at my watch and it says like 730 pace. And I'm like, what? I'm like we're going 730 right now. So anyway, I just felt really good. The first half I felt really good and I just tried to maintain about like an eight minute pace. Some miles are faster because there are some downhills. Honestly, my body felt really good. I was, I didn't have any troubles like nutrition wise, anything. My energies felt good. So I just kind of tried to maintain like an eight minute pace in order to like stay on 
course for the record because I did see Horton at like the one of the aid stations. He, he said I was on pace and I was like, okay, well, I feel good. So I guess I'll just try to keep this pace. But anyway, so the front half, it felt really good. And then I don't know. Do you want me to go on to the second half or just the front half for now? We'll do front half and I'll have George do his front half and then we can, we can do the okay. back half, you know, cause the exciting okay. part about the, the 50 K ultra distance is, you know, the race recaps are significantly shorter than, you know, those 1500 mile folks. Um, okay. so George, how about, how about your first half? First half. Um, I guess, I mean, I, I went out with, I believe it was Nick Wurz. That's how you pronounce his name. Um, but he basically led the first half. Um, and I just kind of sat on his shoulder, kind of ran behind him. Um, we talked, had a good conversation. Um, I just stayed with him the first half. And yeah, things felt good. We were going, I started at like 7.30 pace. And I knew by like mile 10, we were doing a few sub sevens. And I think by halfway, we had gotten our average down to low sevens. Um, but yeah, I know right after halfway, I, I stopped to get my hand held and I had a little baggie that I had to put stuff in. So he, he got like a hundred yards ahead of me as I'm like fumbling, trying to get all this stuff in my pockets and everything. Um, but that was probably the most eventful part of the first half. <laughs> yeah. So for both of you, it seems like you just felt you kind of just really naturally moved to the front. You've both felt really comfortable up there. Um, did you know going into it that that's kind of how, how things were going to shake out? Did you have some sort of idea of you know, who was in the race? Were you looking at the, the other entrance on ultra sign up or did you just kind of, you know, go with the flow and you're like, well, this, this feels good. So I'm, I'm sticking with these folks. Uh, George, if you want to take this one. Um, I briefly looked at ultra sign up and, I knew there was some people that had high high percentages, but I didn't really think much to, into it. I just figured I would, when the race started, I would just go up to the front of the pack and just kind of feel it out and, you know, just see where people went. Um, and yeah. Yeah, and I kind of did the same. Um, I kind of knew that like I would be towards the front, but I also wanted to get on the single lane track before any of the other women. So I kind of went out a little bit faster, but then I was expecting like a few women to be like around me, but then they just kind of weren't. So I just stayed with the front kind of pack, but then I did, he kind of, yeah, George kind of like in them kind of distance out in front of me. So I didn't really have that many people in the front half. I did a little bit, but towards the back half, I didn't really have anyone around me. So, yeah. So how did that back half of the of the race go? Oh, it went it, it went well. It went well until um it was interesting because I knew exactly what I was gonna come back up since it's a loop one way and then you go the back way. So the first half there were some downhills where I was like, oh, this is gonna hurt on the way back. But um the back half, it wasn't too bad. So I reached the halfway point. And I saw Horton and he said I, that I needed to do that exact same distance once again if I wanted to get the course record. So that was kind of a little bit daunting, but my body still felt good. Um, so I just kind of kept trying to go with that. But then around mile 22 is when my legs just kind of like freaked out because I've never gone that fast for that long. And so at about mile 22, I was like, this is going to be really painful and really hard, but I'm going to have to just do it. And so... 
just kept going. Um, I had like mental like checkpoints in my head of where the miles were because I kind of made them out on the way and I kept checking my watch. So like the last aid station, I knew I had like seven and a half miles to go. And that's when I was just like, really like my legs were just super shot, but I was like, I'm going to have to do it. And so the last half, the last like seven miles mentally were really tough because there were a few uphills that just like were so hard because we're just so we were going um, that part was like super flat up until that point because there was like a long section in, in the middle that was flat. And so just to hit those like hills that were straight up were just shocking on my legs. And I was just kept checking my watch, didn't think I was going to make it but just mentally push through and just imagine like f- collapsing when I got to the um, finish line. So that was just in my head, like the last five miles, like as soon as you're done with this, you can lay down. I was like, you don't have to run like ever again. If you don't want to, we just have to make it to the finish line. And so it really helped also knowing that like the last half mile was like straight downhill, basically on road that helped me mentally just be like, okay, once you make it to the road, it's downhill. Then you'll at the finish line. So anyway, it was hard. The last eight miles are very mentally challenging, but so worth it once I hit the finish line. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so let's kind of rewind back. You know, you talked about like mile 22, you know, your legs get really heavy there and you're like, okay, well, I still have to do this. Right. And what is your sort of mental self-talk or do you have, I mean, anything even outside of mental that you're doing to keep your foot on the gas and to hold your pace as much as possible. Because I, I don't know if this is for anybody, but just me, but it's, you can almost subconsciously let off the gas when things start to get hard, you know? So how do you kind of stay locked in and in the game um, when things get really difficult in the race? Yeah. So it did help. I had one headphone that I don't know. I just like to have a little bit of music. So that definitely helped, but also just like, I just kept focusing on my body and just kind of like kept looking ahead. And I, I was checking my pace a ton, just like stay in it mentally. And I also knew I didn't have like any spare seconds to cut out. So I was just like, okay, got to stay focused on my pace. And then just kind of just like thinking about, I don't know. I just try to be like, really like happy when I'm out there. Like, I don't know. It was just, it was a really, it was still really enjoyable, even though it was painful. So I don't know. I just kind of just mentally, it was mainly like the checkpoints of like, okay, got to make it to this aid station okay, then I know there's a hill. So just like little mental checkpoints of like what to expect really helped and just like reaching those and knowing that once I made it to that one, I just had less to go. So, and I also kind of like figured the amount of time I had left. So I was like, okay, 40 minutes left of this and then I'm done. But overall, I was just like enjoying it and just kind of just staying in it mentally in a way that just keeping looking at the checkpoints, honestly. So yeah. Yeah, that is a... Good to know. And um, we've got Tara, um, we've already mentioned Tara Trex, Tara Dower. Oh, yeah. um, she was the second place finisher um, there at this race. She wants to know, uh, Sawyer, you know, I'm not sure if this was already shared, but what was your sort of your pace? I'm assuming kind of for that last section there. Uh, for the last section, I think, well, I did have, I think it balanced out probably around like 750 or so for like the last section. Cause there was like some straight up hills, but then the downhills bounced out. So I think it was around like 750 for the last section. I think like overall, I didn't really negative split. Like I was pretty, I was pretty on point the whole time with about the same pace. So around 50. Okay. And you know, uh, we 
love Tara. She's a previous guest of the show. We talked about her, uh, her mountains to sea trail FKT, uh, after she completed it. But, uh, one thing I'm kind of curious about Sawyer is, did you ever see Tara out there on the course? You finished, I like 25 ish minutes behind you, or if you didn't, were you kind of looking over your shoulder at any points or were you more focused on, you know, well, I'm going to come catch these men that are ahead of me. I'm not worried about where the second place woman is at. Yeah, at the beginning, I was I was just curious. So a few times there were like some curves. I would sneakily look over my shoulder. I didn't want anyone to see, but I did look over my shoulder like the first probably like miles, like four to like six or seven. But then I kind of just realized that I would just have to like go off on my own and break away from that group that was a little bit behind me. But then at the turnaround point, I did see oh, and it must have been her, but I just kind of wasn't really focused on that at that point. But I did see I did pass her, I think, when I was coming back the other way. But, yeah. Yeah. And the other way around, looks like you said, George, for the first half, you were you were that second place person, like making that first person like uh, concerned because, you know, you're like just hanging out right behind them for for quite some time. What at what point did you pass and go towards that uh, that eventual finish? I think it was mile maybe 21, 22. Um, yeah, cause after we got around the lake section on, once we did the turnaround, went back on the lake or the trail part was, um, we got back on like the double track fire road part and we, I mean, we had been chatting the, the whole time. So we, we were just running side by side at that point. Um, and then a few miles later, I noticed we started kind of yo-yoing a bit. Um, and I could tell that he was starting to fade. So yeah, probably like mile 22, I finally started to gap him. Yeah. And um, was that a deliberate strategy at that point when you, you say you kind of noticed him starting to fade or were you just going to sit where you were and however it shook out with that, if he could hold on to the paces, just kind of how it shook out? Um, I mean, the plan was kind of to just go with the flow and then make a move later, but mm-hmm. I don't know. We had a good time running together, so I was like, let's just keep this up. It's making it easier for you, making it easier for me. Um, but I noticed, I don't know if he was slowing down or I just was wanting to pick it up. But eventually, we were just like, all right, we're, we're going off. Um, and then I just, at that point, I was like, I'm going to pick it up and try to make a gap. And then I, yeah. I think like a mile or two later, I remember there's like a creek crossing and I went through the creek and I was like, all right, I'll listen to see if I hear anything. Cause I didn't want to look back and <laughs> I didn't hear anything. So I was like, okay, um, yeah. just keep going. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. And I think you kind of hit a really good point there where, you know, just on any run and in any part of an ultra, you know, you do better with other folks around you, whether you're in the front of the pack or the back of the pack. And I mean, maybe that question comes a little bit from my, my own competitive side. You know, if you're a hundred yards ahead of me, 200 yards out of like the finish line, I am going to try to catch you and I am going to like make a demon out of you in my mind to do it. You know, even though we could have been best friends the whole race course long, you know? Um, so yeah, was there kind of, you know, diving more into that, was there kind of any of that energy? Do you have any of that like kind of competitive side or was it just like, okay, well, I'm, I'm making my move now and you know, like 
this is the move. Let's see what he has. Or you kind of like, what's your mental self-talk like during that, I guess is what I'm asking. Um, well, going into the race, I was kind of hoping to try and win it. Um, I didn't really, wasn't really sure who was going to be there. And I was pretty feeling pretty confident going in, but I really had no idea. But once I made the, that move at like mile 22 and realized I had put a gap on it, um, I kind of, and mentally I was like, now you just got to keep picking it up, pretend like he's right behind you. Um, but yeah, at that point I started feeling pretty good and just kept going with it. And I mean, at that point, once I had the lead, I, I'm, I'm fairly competitive. So I was like, I'm just going to keep trying as hard as I can, but it worked out for you, obviously. Um, he, so like my next question is here is, um, how did both of you fuel yourselves for this? Um, and what type of, you know, food you're using, um, and in terms of like goose or you're using real food at aid stations or whatnot. Um, and if so, are you going to go first? Yeah. So originally I had like two cliff bars, which I soon learned that was not what was going to be good for this race. Um, but luckily somebody gave me a gel before I know this makes me sound really bad, but somebody gave me a gel before. And so, um, I tried to have my cliff bar at the beginning and I was like, I'm going way too fast. And this is, this cliff bar is basically frozen. So it's super hard to choose. So I changed it and I grabbed out of my pack, my, the little goo that the person gave me, which was so much better. And so I wish I had like six of those with me the whole time, but, um, so then when I got to the next aid station, I was like, any goose, any goose? And they're like, no, no goose. I was like, oh, okay. So then I had to resort to like my frozen cliff bar and that was really hard to eat. So I just had a few bites of that. And then luckily at like aid station, like I think it was like mile, like six, it was probably like mile 12. They had a few like fig newtons. So I grabbed a few of those. Those were easy to chew and eat, but I, I didn't see anything else that was really like, that's, that was mainly what I had. And then I happened to leave like a different granola bar at the start, which was also like the halfway point. So in the midst of someone else filling up my water bottle, I grabbed that and that one wasn't too frozen. So I had that also, and then just like tailwind and water. So nothing too crazy. I also think, cause it was just like a faster race. I didn't need as much as I would for like promised land or something, but next time if I run it, I will definitely be having a lot of goose. Sounds so, like you, yeah. your nutrition plan was like the, the typical pantry at someone's house. Um, yeah, bar, yeah. granola, fig Newton. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> George, how about you? What was, what was your nutrition like during the race? Uh, so I had three Lara bars and oh. yeah. So Frozen, kinda, I would assume, uh, the, the first two weren't too bad. They're in my hand. And then I had one in the one for later on. And that one was frozen. I think I ate like two thirds <laughs> of it and just had to like throw the frozen block. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then I had a honey stinger, some type of gel at like early in the race, um, probably like an hour and a half in. And then I had an es like a double espresso cliff shot at like mile 20, 22 to try to give me some energy for the end <laughs> and that, just, just sipped on water a little bit throughout and then. I had some like Gatorade mix I tried to put into my handheld at the end, but I ended up just like pouring it all over myself. But <laughs> that was about it. 
Sounds like well-rounded diets here. Enjoy it. <laughs> but obviously it worked. So yeah. excited for that. Um, quick little uh, side piece here. Again, those who are in the chat room, drop your questions so we can get them to these uh, awesome guests live here on the show. Um, and if you like what you're, what we're doing here, go ahead and give us like a, you know, like a little like maybe, or share with a friend or something like that. Definitely helps us out. Uh, Cam, what we got up, what we got up next? Yeah. So, um, this is a little bit different in a 50 K and especially, you know, as fast of races as both of y'all ran, but you know, what was, um, kind of your like lowest moment or did you ever have like a, just like a mental blocker or just a moment where you're like, ah, I don't quite want to do this. I think we already got into yours a little bit, Sawyer, uh, around that like mile 22 mark. But George, did you ever have a moment like that out there on the course? Um, I was a little concerned at the halfway point when I was fumbling with all my stuff. Um, I think I got more frustrated than anything, but cause I, I had to catch up, like make up like the hundred yard gap and, um, I can feel some fatigue in my legs going up those hills, up and down the little hills around the lake. But other than that, not really. I I expected a low point later on in the race, but didn't really have one. Well, I need to be doing whatever it is that you're doing uh, for my, <laughs> my upcoming 50K. Um, but yeah, that is, uh, that's really good to know. And you think it was really just kind of just frustration about like not being able to do what you needed to do at that aid station there. It wasn't just even, you know, it wasn't. It, it, yeah. It wasn't that bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I honestly, I expected to yeah. get a low point late in the race and it never happened, mm -hmm. which was awesome, but <laughs> I usually hit a low point. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, that's great. And we'll go ahead and, um, you know, we'll transition then, you know, what was, uh, kind of your your best moment out there what was you know the highest sort of like peak of it um not literally of course um <laughs> or you know what like brought you the most joy when you were out there on the race course uh and sawyer if you want to take this one yeah um there was like a certain section where we i passed a lot of the 25k runners and that was about like halfway of the first loop and i just seeing all of them every single one of them said, good job, great job, or they'd say like first woman. And so that was just really encouraging. Just, it's just, it's an amazing community anyway, with ultra running, but it was just really cool being out there and just having encouragement from other runners while I was running. So that made it really special. I think that was a really cool part about this race. Yeah. Yeah. So for the A stations, that's another fun question I always like to ask. Um, but you know, you two might be a little fast cause you're blowing through them way quicker than I, I like to stop and, you know, like say hi and like get a bunch of stuff and, you know, slower yeah. pace kind of stuff. But, uh, what was your, you know, maybe favorite aid station going through the race? Um, I actually, one of my friends was working at the aid station, uh, the first aid station at mile eight. So that was really special, like being able to see one of my friends. And then I also passed him on the way back and he said, he kind of, he's, he gave me some encouragement in a way that he didn't even realize. Cause I don't think he realized I was like on pace for the course record, but he kind of said in a way of kind of like messing with me, you got to speed up. And I was like, yeah, I actually do. But so that was, that was nice. He kind of just was giving me some encouragement. It was nice seeing a familiar face. Um, but everyone else was super nice at the aid stations too, and super helpful. So they were all great. George, how about you? What was, uh, what was your best moment and best aid station? Best aid station. 
I only like stopped briefly at the last two just to grab like a sip of Coke or ginger ale. So I guess whoever handed me that Coke at that second to last one, that was, that was a pretty good moment. <laughs> Love it. Um, so then post race, then I guess we can kind of maybe jump into see, so you, you know, obviously, so you got the course, course record. Um, and then Georgia first place. How does, how's your guys' recovery have gone so far? Is, are y'all back out there running, you know, six minute miles on trail or, you know, road and trails and stuff <laughs> like that? Or are you, you guys uh, relaxing a little bit after this, before you jump back into your, your training block for, for promised land? I'm sorry if you want to go first. Um, yeah, I'll go first. Um, so the next day, Sunday, I, I never had that. My legs were done. Everything hurt. Like <laughs> it was just, it was a different pain than like promised land. It, my legs were sore. Um, but then Monday I went out and ran with some of my other friends who did the run. So that was really nice. That helped loosen up. And then I think I got a little too ambitious on Tuesday and did like seven miles with like some climbing. We were going like eight minute pace, but um, so now I'm trying to like ease back into it. So I'm, I'm not running now. So I'm taking, I'm going to give myself until like Monday because my foot is just a little sore, like a little, I think it's just because of my stride. I just put a lot of pressure on my right foot. So I'm just trying to ease back into it, even though it's like killing me. So anyway, next week I'll get back out there for sure. But yeah. Awesome. George, how about you? Um, I, let's see. I did like three miles the next day. Pretty easy. Took Monday off. Uh, let's see. I ran the next couple of days and actually did 12 miles this evening with my buddy McLean. Um, and I'll probably do an easy run tomorrow and then maybe a couple of days off. I'm going to Utah for a week to go snowboarding, so I need to rest up for that. <laughs> yeah, definitely um, agree on that. And then, you know, <laughs> this is a... Uh... Yeah, this is um kind of, you know, it's, I don't, I'm sorry, I'm trying to intro the question too much. Um, but basically, it's what is uh, one piece of advice you would give, you know, your younger ultra running self and maybe for Sawyer, now that you've done three ultras, what is that kind of one piece of advice that you would give yourself, uh, you know, before promised land, now that you've done a couple of these, and it's not so unknown. So if you want to start off with this one. Probably, I don't know. I feel like maybe for promise land, I could have had a little bit stronger of a goal. Maybe like, I feel like I should have gone out a little bit faster. So maybe just, I don't know, testing my limits a little bit more and like, I don't know, but I also didn't know what to expect. Um, or probably just like giving myself more, um, I don't know, just like holding myself to a higher standard of just like, you can do this. Like you can go out with the fast people, but that and also getting better at my nutrition, I feel like. But now I feel like I kind of got that. So, um, yeah. So I just say, like, holding myself to a higher standard of just, like, no, you can go out with the fast people. But, yeah, anyway. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I mean, I know personally for me a little bit of that, like, mindset shift. I, you know, from not, like, oh, like, you you need to go this slow. But not even as a, like, um, and we're obviously – very different places in these races too. I was about um, to say, you're not going to, but, you know, go out with the fast people at the beginning, right? <laughs> maybe, maybe a couple of the fast women depends on the race. Um, but yeah, like, um, you know, where it's a little bit less about, you know, like, Oh, like I need to be cautious and I need to, 
you know, not run this climb or whatever. It's like, well, you know, think of it more as like, you know, not selling yourself short and like, well, no, you can actually do this. Like you can mm-hmm. do a little bit more. So yeah, that's, I think that's a really important like mindset shift, frankly. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like to put a lot of pressure on myself, but I feel like that would help too, just to be like, no, you can do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then uh, what about you, George? Obviously you've got, um, I think, you know, like 14 or 15 results there on ultra sign up. What is, you know, going back to your first ultra or to just your younger self generally, what is that one piece of advice that you'd give him? Um, yeah, probably focus more on nutrition. Um, I have a weak stomach sometimes when it comes to these races. So what I put in my stomach is what I eat is very important. I've realized, uh, (laughs) um, and yeah, I don't know. I think training consistently too. I kind of will go on like these peaks and valleys with training and always think I can do well. Um, even if I haven't trained very hard and I've got myself into some pretty low places and races because I've tried to run faster than I probably could at that point in time. And I found myself, yeah, throwing up on the side of the trail, wanting to drop out. And I've always finished, but <laughs> I've learned a lot since then, hopefully. But I think it would be better still to find find those limits versus finishing and being like, I could push harder. I think that would be worse sometimes. That's I true. I, I found a couple of those limits last year, so <laughs> and, yeah, uh, I'm still learning. We had a... We had a Michael DeBova on, and I think one of his couple comments that he has that I really like is he's like, I have two training types, weeks basically, and one is like, it's like I hit everything on my schedule and I do what I need to, and the next week I do zero miles and I don't do anything and I feel like a piece of shit. Um, so I just love I think that. that like, was Chris Roberts. Or was it Chris Roberts? I thought it was DeBova yeah. who said it. <laughs> but it could two been. very, two okay. very different vibes from uh, another couple of great Virginia ultra but, runners. But, but both yeah. very relaxed <laughs> individuals there. But uh, so it was funny because mm-hmm. like. You know, that mentioned that comment first, like good weeks and bad weeks. And it's like, eh. so it's like, you know, it happens to everybody, which is what's, what's nice to hear, you know, being someone who runs in the mid pack or near the tail end of the group. So, um, who we got next game. Yeah. Um, so essentially just, you know, uh, we've talked a little bit about what's next already, you know, and it's going to be promised land 50 K for both of y'all. Um, but you know, beyond that, uh, George, you've got this race series that you're doing in, you know, Sawyer, it kind of seems like everything's open for you. Um, but you know, where are you guys, uh, headed like sort of, what are your kind of like your grandest goals that you've got for this year? And George, if you want to take this one to start. Um, I'm not entirely sure at this point. I've been looking at a few races. Um, one sign up comes pretty soon and that's, uh, Pikes Peak Marathon. I'd really like to try that. Um, I don't know how the altitude would affect me, but I think that's in September. So I'm really thinking about doing that. Um, and probably one other big race this fall. Just haven't nailed it down yet. Yeah, and, uh, uh, yeah. Oh. I was going to say, what about you, Sawyer? <laughs> okay. Yeah, um, for me, I want to do better than I did um, last year, Promised Land. I want to do that. And then hopefully in the summer, maybe when I'm back home in Arizona, go out and do the race somewhere out west, just see 
how it is because I've never really done an ultra out there, but also see how it is. I don't know if I, how it worked out in the summer. And then I do want to do Mount Mascus again because I got lost last year and I actually ran an extra two and a half miles. So I want to do that again, or actually know the course this time and get redeem myself a little bit. So I want to do that. And maybe also Iron Mountain out here. So, yeah. Don't think I'm going to do Hellgate, even though I keep getting told to do that. I don't know about that one yet. So we'll see. Should do it. Just sign up for it. <laughs> Sounds a little crazy. Um, I'm hoping that they do another uh, wonderful song this year. I, I enjoyed the the music that they have for that on Facebook that they post about it. Uh, <laughs> what did they? Oh, who was that the first year, Cam? Was it? John Anderson, I think it was them, right? I can't uh, about Hellgate, yeah, or they have like the Twelve Days of Hellgate, or whatever it was. Uh, <laughs> oh, I I do not remember. If you've not no. seen it, you gotta you gotta go find it. We we'll probably gives you a link after the show. Um, but yeah, it's like I think Twelve Days of Christmas, but Hellgate style or something. <laughs> so it's just one of those amazing kind of of things. Um, I think we can jump into our qu mm -hmm. quick questions here, Cam. What do you think? Um, let's get, I've got a, a couple more to do before that. Um, and you know, sorry, you're, you, um, you know, you mentioned you're from, uh, Prescott, Arizona, I believe. Um, mm -hmm. it's a, another one. I'm, I want to say it Prescott. Um, but I can only yeah. hear Michael Versteeg's voice in my head, um, from all the documentaries <laughs> I've seen, but oh, yeah. you know, um, you guys are both, you know, uh, pretty well enmeshed now in kind of like the Virginia ultra running community. Uh, so, you know, tell us what are some of your, uh, favorite things about the community there? I know George, you've done a ton of the races you've done Hellgate, in fact. Um, so maybe you could also be the one to tell Sawyer to, uh, hop in this winter. Oh yeah. <laughs> Up to you. I mean, it's, it's definitely, it's definitely an experience. Yeah. I, I was glad, I was glad I did it. It was fun in a weird way. <laughs> But it was, was it fun just after or during it also? It was, it was fun during, I mean, I've never started a race at midnight. Um, yeah. and yeah, I mean, it's definitely, yeah, it was definitely a challenge too. I don't know mm -hmm. if you've done a hundred K before, but yeah, it was, it was new for me last year and it was a lot of, it was fun in a weird way. Pretty painful actually, but <laughs> <laughs> you should do it. <laughs> <laughs> maybe okay painful do it yeah yeah sounds like an ultra runner mm -hmm. <laughs> exactly but yeah you know so um kind of you know what are some of your your favorite things about the the ultra running community there in virginia um george um i guess i always see familiar faces which is always good at all the races um and everyone's so positive, upbeat, kind of down to earth. Um, everyone's encouraging. I don't know. Um, I guess it's just always a good vibe. Whenever you go to one of these races, just everyone's so upbeat and you just kind of feel at home. Um, and we're all there like to do the same thing, to go run out in the woods for hours. And uh, yeah, I don't know. That's kind of the, kind of a neat little community i guess and uh sawyer what about you 
Um, I like how everyone's just super laid back, like the night before holiday, like everybody's just chill, eating like a bunch of pizza right before the night before. And I just, I don't know. I just think everyone doesn't take themselves too seriously, even though you could be like an amazing ultra runner. They're all just hanging out around like the fire or whatever. And everyone is super encouraging. Like that's really nice when you're out running and everyone you pass, like I would pass a few guys like at holiday Lake and they're like, good job. Like amazing. Like, and they meant it. Like they weren't like mad. I was passing them. They're all just out there. Everybody encourages everyone and just wants everyone else to do well. And so, yeah. And I just, I just like the laid back bag for sure. Even though it's just, people are really amazing. So, yeah. Everyone's super nice. Yeah. I love that about the ultra running community. Yeah. And then, uh, before we go into our, our quick questions, we do have one, uh, one chat question, uh, for George and this oh is boy. from, <laughs> yeah. McLean grow, uh, wants to know oh, is yeah. crying fun, George. Um, so, I mean, I have my own opinions on this, but you want to let us know <laughs> is crying fun. Um, I would say not, I wouldn't define it as fun, but I would say I learned a lot about myself during that moment because <laughs> i'm 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 sure he's talking about hellgate there, gap. <laughs> you want to fill us in a little bit on this moment because i i've definitely cried at a race before um this is you know a space that you can talk about that <laughs> this was definitely a low moment um so the first 35 to 40 miles went really well I was in top 10 at some point, And then I got to an aid station. I left my jacket. We started running around this mountain, got really windy, got really cold. Um, I bonked, didn't bring any food with me in this section and uh, started cramping really bad. And yeah, I ended up at Bobless Gap, just a complete wreck. Um, got a little bit of food in me, a jacket and there might've been one tier. I don't know. I don't know what McLean's completely talking about. He wasn't there. So, but, uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I got my act together and I walked all the way to the finish. So <laughs> it was a good time. <sighs> oh man. That's, that's incredible. As someone who has also walked all the way to the finish, <laughs> um, I hope that I, I think you finished like 19th at Hellgate or something. I wish I could finish that high up when I got to walk it out. <laughs> Um, oh, there's some, uh, there's some power shuffling too. You know, I, it felt like walking, but I, my mind wanted to run, but my body was like, no. <laughs> All right. Um, so we're going to go ahead and, uh, dive into our, our quick questions that we always like to, uh, end the show here with. Um, and our very first thing is going to be, you know, what is, uh, one thing you can't leave an aid station without, uh, and Sawyer, if you want to start with this one. Yes, it has to be my chewy granola bars. Um, I don't, I still need to expand on, I'm just too nervous to try other stuff. But um, for Promised Land, I literally ate like six of those. So any aid station, I was grabbing those like chewy granola bars, the peanut butter one. So that was my go-to. And then Tailwind also, for sure. Nice, George. How about you? I'm going to say Laura bars. I've had pretty good results the last two times on my stomach at least, so... Laura bars. Nice. Um, next question we got here is weirdest hallucination mid race, or if you don't have any hallucinations, maybe the strangest thing you've seen somebody else eat at an aid station. 
And uh, George, mm-hmm. if you want to go first. So after my episode at Boblet's Gap at Hellgate, um, probably five miles later, I remember walking, shuffling through all these leaves and I kept seeing spectators in the distance. Like, oh, wow, these people came all the way out in the woods to see us. And it turns out they were just stumps. I kept thinking <laughs> they were spectators. And then when I got closer, I was like, oh, that's just a stump. Never mind. <laughs> but that was kind of the weirdest thing I've ever seen out there. I love that your hallucination is seeing people cheer you on, basically. <laughs> Spectator. <laughs> I love that. That's great. It's a good we'll way to motivate like yourself, right? Yeah. If you just envision the whole thing is just a bunch of people cheering for you to go, then, then that's like a that's a perfect hallucination to get you moving, I guess. Sorry, how about you? Um, I haven't had any weird hallucinations and I also honestly I don't spend too much time at the aid stations, but probably like the weirdest thing I could imagine eating was like someone had like a full on like huge grilled cheese during promised land while we were going uphill. So I don't know. I just thought that was kind of crazy. I couldn't have done that, but um, that, and probably just also like Mountain Dew. I don't know. I haven't tried that, but someone one time was like chugging like three cups of the Mountain Dew. So I don't know. That was weird for me too, but nothing crazy. The grilled cheese sounds like something I could do. I was hungry. <laughs> I would walk up a hill yeah. and definitely eat a whole entire grilled cheese, not a problem, or <laughs> cheese quesadilla or something like that. Um, next question we got here says, uh, what ball sport do you think you could beat most ultra runners in? And sorry, if you want to go first. Um, pro- well, soccer. It better be soccer because that's what I did my whole life. I did that for like 14 years. But also, I don't know. I feel like most, maybe basketball too, even though my family would probably say, I can't shoot, but I feel like I could still like beat them in that too. So probably soccer and basketball. Nice. You'll have to join the, if you got 14 years experience, you need to join the Cincinnati runners group team as they decide to try to beat Wesley Harton, which is our other host uh, in soccer because they, you know, Wesley always says he can beat everybody in soccer. So I'll have to put you on their team so you can make sure you definitely stomp them. Uh, How about you? What what wall sport do you think you could uh, beat most ultra runners in? Um, maybe golf. I don't know if there's many ultra runners that golf, but I like to play golf. So maybe, maybe golf. nice. Um, I think speed goat Carl Meltzer, I think he plays a lot of golf, so I don't know. He's a pretty fast runner, so he's probably pretty good at golf too. Yeah. Isn't there like that golf too, where you like run between holes and speed golf? Yeah. What? I've not heard of this. This you like take thing. a couple. Yeah. So you like hit yeah. the ball and just like basically run as fast as you can to the, to the ball and keep going. Yeah. And I think it takes into account like your time to complete all the holes and like how many strokes hmm. I've never done it, but I've, I've heard about it and I think it could be fun. <laughs> yeah. That's actually kind of sounds kind of fun. I'd, I want to try that sometime. Um, next question we got here says if ultra running had walk up songs like baseball, what would yours be? Um, sorry, if you want to go first. Um, I would have to say I the tiger because when I was younger, I was obsessed, obsessed with Rocky. Literally, I was obsessed with it for like five years, I think. And um, I had like a punching bag. Like I was into it. And I think it was mainly like the message like that taught me a lot about like working hard and just like digging in. So that would that just connects me back to like that mentality of just pushing beyond what I think I can do. So I'd have to say I the tiger. 
a good addition to our Spotify playlist. All these songs that we ask everyone for all these shows end up on a Spotify playlist, and it is the most eclectic set of songs ever. George, how about you? Yeah. What, is, what would your walk-up song be? Um, Probably Who Let the Dogs Out by the Baja Men. Um, <laughs> Cam's going to die. That's great. I, uh, I love that. <laughs> I used to always, whenever I, when I was in college, whenever they had a jukebox, I don't know what started it, but whenever I saw a jukebox, I used to always put that song on. And then whenever I went to that place again or another place, my friends were there and they heard that song, they knew I chose it. I don't know why, but. <laughs> That's fun. I love that. That's great. Um, yeah, like I said, just perfect additions to that playlist. Makes it more eclectic. Um, <laughs> So if you ever get bored on a long run and you need some sort of humor in your life, you definitely want to put that on shuffle. You end up with some weird it's, and exciting I, stuff. I've done it. It's it's strange. What's it, it called? Um, so it's uh, Ridge Runners uh, spelled the way we spell it with only one N and then just Tunes of the Nation. Um, okay. Yeah. So yeah. it's just every time we've asked that question, we'll throw, throw those songs on there. And then we've also got... Um, me, John, and um, Wesley all added a song of our own. Uh, if you can guess which one is John's, I will give you, well, I'm unemployed right now, so nothing. But <laughs> it's it's a significant amount of money because I never would have guessed this from John. But yeah, uh, it's a, Ridge Runners Tunes of the Nation on Spotify. It's a fun okay. song. I'll check um, it out. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely it's definitely worth the listen and, and, and uh, subscribe to it on Spotify or add it to your playlist list. Um, Next, now we got one of our favorite questions of the of the whole thing. Uh, it says, if you could run with one person in history of the world, even if they like aren't a runner and assuming they can keep your pace and you guys can have a conversational pace, you know, who would it be and, and where would you run uh, with that person? And George, if you want to go first. Mm. Um, I'd say Vladimir Putin. Um. I'd want him on the horse shirtless, just like in that picture, and just ask him what he's doing right now. And hopefully we could resolve some, put some peace in this world. I don't know. That's, that's <laughs> our first topical answer. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm happy about, honestly. I just. Yeah. So I also want to point out that there is a, this is George saying that he can keep up with Vladimir Putin on a horse. <laughs> um, so It could be a miniature horse. I don't know. <laughs> that would be I just. I, I saw the picture on <laughs> I saw the picture on Twitter earlier and I couldn't stop thinking about it. So Yeah. Uh, that I would also agree. That's a good answer right now for the current times. I'd I would like to know what he's thinking as well. Um Sawyer, how about you? who would you wanna run with and, and where? Uh I'd wanna run with Emma Coburn because I've just always followed her on Instagram and she just seems like an amazing person and also she's accomplished so much as a steeplechaser and everywhere she runs looks amazing like in Colorado so I'd probably have to go to Crested Butte with her but only when it's warm because sometimes she's running on the track when there's like snow all over and like a sports brown I don't know how she does it so on a nice trail in the summer in Crested Butte and just talk to her about her accomplishments and just what she's learned and everything like that love that um, I see we were also missing questions this evening, but I wanted to ask this one because it's also one of my next favorites. Actually, I should make Cam ask it. This is Cam's question, and it it's good because I, I love the mental 
thought process behind this question? It's been, I, I was trying to retire it, but, um, I love it. You know, this, you love it. Um, I've, I've heard <laughs> enough answers to it. Um, but essentially this is, this is a hypothetical. Um, but you know, you're in a situation where you've got to either, you know, uh, fight a chicken on the first day of the year, one chicken, and then two chickens on the second day of the year, three on the third, and then just exponential growth of chickens, right? Matching the days of the year, um, to the end of the year. So the last day of the year is 365 chickens. Um, and this is just you and your bare hands and all of these chickens, or, um, you can choose, you have a year to train to fight a mountain lion. Uh, and you get to have a sword and armor for this fight. And you, you've got a whole year to prepare for it. So, yeah. Uh, which of those do you choose and why? Mm. I think George has some thoughts. Yeah, you go, George. Uh, I would definitely do the mountain lion. Because, like, you have one chance to do it. And you're well-trained. So you just go for it get it done with. But the chickens, what if you wake up sick one day? What if one day the chickens are super feisty and just attack? I don't know, you know? <laughs> 300 chickens all at once. I don't think I could I could handle that, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, feisty yeah. I occasionally house sit on like a little hobby farm out here and there's there's 10 chickens and I'm like, I'm very concerned for everybody who says chickens because 10 chickens sometimes feels like a lot. Especially if they're roosters, you know, and they've got the talon, you know? Brutal. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So after throwing all that out there, Sawyer, uh, what do you think? Yeah, I was going to say the mountain lion also because you would have the year to train and that's a lot of chickens anyway. And I also like having like, I don't know, I'd like the end goal of knowing that whole year. Okay, I have this long to prepare to found the to fight it. And you'd also have the armor. So I feel like I could handle it. We have mountain lions in Arizona, so I could maybe handle it. If not, it doesn't matter. That's that. <laughs> um, Throw rocks like in that video. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's that one from, was it the one from Utah? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that one was like, I think a few months before I visited Wesley when he was out there in, in Logan. And I was like, Ugh. Uh, I don't want to <laughs> see Mountain Lion when I'm out jogging. It'd be terrifying. Um, and last thing here we got before, real quick before we close. Any sponsors or social media that you want want to plug uh if you want to do that george do you have anything um no sponsors unless anyone wants to sponsor me uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, i guess instagram at tolton george um and then i guess if you want to follow my training i do strava posts like i put my runs on there so if anyone's curious i don't know that's about it <laughs> Sorry, you have any uh, any sponsors or any any social media you want to plug? Yeah, actually, after Holiday Lake, just a new sponsor um, and just a really cool group that just kind of reached out to me um, called the Trails Collective. So you can find them on Instagram and also in my bio at at Sawyer Magnet on Instagram with two T's for Magnet. So yeah, <laughs> nice. <laughs> all right, I think I think that's all we have tonight. I don't see any other questions in the chat that we missed. Um, Thanks, thanks both of you to joining us this evening. It was great to talk to you, get to know a bit about you, your running history. Uh, congratulations on your both, your both amazing performances here at Holiday Lake. Um, and I can't wait to see what happens at Promised Land. Um, 
Anything else, Cam? I keep forgot where his mute button is. It was, yeah. Uh, nope. Absolutely. That's rookie mistake. But yeah, uh, nothing else. We'll be uh, back for another episode of Rich Runners Live to talk about Cabin Fever 50K uh, next week. I believe that's on Tuesday, but don't hold me to that because I haven't checked my email in a while. Um, so <laughs> thanks everybody for joining us tonight and we will see you on the next one. Sweet. Bye, Thank everybody. you. Ridge Runner Nation, thank you again for tuning in to another Ridge Runners live show. Remember, if you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast on Apple iTunes. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on Apple Podcasts or simply tell a friend about the show. That would help us out as well. If you don't follow us on social media, make sure to give us a follow. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And of course, join our Strava Club so you can get mentioned in the Strava Rundown every single week. We'll see you next week, Version Our Nation. Yeah.